Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Cyberpunk Lorecast, where we brave scanning the net to find all the deep history and lore of cyberpunk. I'm Toasty, a fixer that's new to Night City with a desire to jump into the details of this gritty setting. And I'm Genesis, an old school media tech with a love of character deep dives. Together, we will bring you the foundations of the past, the state of Night City today, and the news of the future. We've got incoming. Let's Delta. Welcome back to another episode of the Cyberpunk Lorecast. I'm your girl Genesis, here with Toasty to kick off 2023. We are now just 22 years away from the time of the red. How does that make you feel? Um, honestly, I feel like 22 is being generous at this point. Okay, that is a very valid point. I don't think that it would actually take 22 years. <laughs> it's pretty generous pretty generous so i guess we'll see we'll see what happens yeah i mean maybe 2023 in up but the last few years have been pretty shit so who really knows i agree with that uh i mean how close are we to cybernetics though like actual body implanted cyberware i feel like not as far as you might think um, I mean, I've definitely seen people with, like, limbs reattached that are now, like, cyber arms and things like that, and that's cool, and I, it just worries me. But if that's where we go, that's where we go. At least we will have lived a long enough in the world of cyberpunk through all the media that we might be able to survive. Be fine. We'll be too old for that shit anyways at that point. That's true. I'll yeah. be... I actually, I'm not going to say my age. Because <laughs> that would just make you feel bad. I'm not going to do that. We're 11 years apart. It's not that big of a difference. Yeah, but if I say in, 2020, in 22 years that I'll be 47, how does that make you feel? Uh, let's see. I mean, I'll be in my 50s. No. Almost 60. Almost 60. Yeah. Yeah. That's not too bad. That's like the age okay. of my mom right now. And my mom's the coolest person I know. So I'm Fair good. enough. Fair enough. <laughs> All right. Back to the lore of cyberpunk. <clears throat> 
Uh, we have nothing to report on the scream sheets this week, other than acknowledging that last month's Patreon chat was a wild and interesting ride for sure. Uh, I can't wait to see what we talk about at the end of this month. The views and opinions expressed in that episode are those of the speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and positions of the hosts. I feel like my position was pretty clear during that. <laughs> I don't know. I felt I was pretty vocal. You How were... loud was I? How much did you have to cut me down? <laughs> um. Yeah, there were definitely some major spikes that I had to flatten. Right. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Hopefully everyone's ears survived, and I apologize if I caused any medical problems. You're not sorry. For the listeners, yeah. <laughs> not sorry that I had to put someone in the place, maybe. <laughs> what about my ears during editing? <laughs> You're right. still here. Obviously it wasn't that bad. You came back. <laughs> true it did i came back all right and i came back because i wanted to learn more about what happens in the middle east in the cyberpunk world from from what research has shown not much was different between pre-war cyberpunk world and how it is in the real world today so we decided to skip over the details explaining that Iraq and Iran were the two biggest nations and that a lot of people lived there. They did have some semi-unique governments, but really it was just a prime minister with a state and senate house. So let's get into the nitty gritty and talk about the big war. All right. The big war is the Mideast meltdown or the suicide war. It was a series of nuclear conflicts in the Middle East near the end of the 20th century. It occurred amongst the aftereffects of the crash of 94 and in the midst of the collapse. The meltdown left vast areas of Iran, Libya, Iraq, Chad, and the Arab Aramites as a radioactive field of glass. Only Egypt, Syria, and Israel survived intact, and because of their already ruined state, they were mercifully left alone for most of the war. But new alliances alliances, and power blocks are struggling to take control once again now that the megacorps' powers have been curtailed. With the world trade in oil and raw materials disrupted by the corporate conflict, there is a new interest in the mining remains of the meltdown nations. In response, many of the national groups in the Middle East are starting to band together to reform and resist the invaders. So, uh, taking a little bit more of a step back, um, all the way back to 97, uh, before the time of, well, any of the material that we have so far, um, during the Iraq-Iran War of 97, the United States NSA operated over 300 agents in the mid mid-east when the war broke out and recalled all of them without notifying the mic in addition to withholding all satellite photos for two hours as a result old russian missile carriers operated by one of the powers had already moved into position and wiped out u.s military assets in saudi arabia and kuwait 
The NSA later claimed that it was important to withhold such information in order to evacuate their agents safely, and that the military would have set off the war before any agents got out. Ooh. Wow. Like, with the holding satellite photos, that's that's big. Mm-hmm. I like it. I like the intrigue. So this war is actually an interesting part of the cyberpunk series because the Iran-Iraq war was actually was an actual conflict that took place from 1980 to 1988, where Iraq invaded Iran after a long-running history of border disputes. So in the cyberpunk timeline, this war is nearly exact same, but instead begins in 97 and is significantly shorter in its duration. The main difference seems to be that while in the real-life war, Iraq made use of large-scale chemical weapons, in the cyberpunk version of events, they actually made use of nuclear-level weapons, and those nukes were reciprocated by Iran. So hence the, uh, the name of the war being the Suicide War, because they just nuked each other into actual oblivion. Um, as is, you know, cyberpunk esque. Uh, yeah. The gotta kick it up a notch. Uh, the events of the 1997 Iran Iraq War resulted in large losses for United States military assets in Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, uh, owing to a massive intelligence failure. Iran, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Chad, and the Arab Emirates were reduced to radioactive slag and glass by nuclear bombardment. The resulting conflicts in the region would see oil prices skyrocket as world oil supply was cut in half. Shortly after, the United States co-opted the entire island of Oahu to ensure the security of Hawaii and the rest of the nation. <clears throat> Basically, it's kind of like... Oh, sorry. You were going to say something. No, I just had a question of like why Hawaii is so pivotal now. I th- I'm trying to think of like situation. I maybe in this timeline because I would have to like um, look and uh, a lot of this does kind of bleed together because the U.S. was so like closely involved in this situation and just managed to get it. I imagine because I don't, I don't think that oil's a big thing in Hawaii now, but maybe it's like they found some or something and they like took it. Um, to like possess the largest amount of oil supplies, like maybe in the cyberpunk universe. Um, but uh, yeah, so obvious things. This is this is, I mean, this is the period of the 90s, so we know like the 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 collapse uh, and the crash. So obviously everything is kind of going downhill um, and things are uh, obviously escalate to this point here um, with the Middle East. Um, But I don't know. I just thought it was like interesting here because I was like doing research and like looking into it and I did get a little confused because like a lot of the stuff like there's so many like wars that have involved Iran, Iraq like especially with the United States. Um 
for a moment, I do remember that I was like, did Cyberpunk like predict like the war with US? <laughs> and then I like looked it up and it's actually like, yeah, it was an actual conflict from like 1980 to 1988 between Iran and Iraq. But it's also like interesting because like uh it at the same time, because I believe 2020 came out in 91. Uh, from what I saw and like it was because of the Persian Gulf War was going on right at that time um, so and I was wondering like where that like lined up and things but it's very interesting that like the time of the release of the material talking about a lot of this stuff and then um, like just the lineup of it because that and then obviously things leading into afterwards with um 9-11 right so it, it definitely is interesting when uh, you know like predictive materials come out like that and you know obviously i don't think that cyberpunk was trying to predict the next major war that was happening but you know that's that's one of this is that uh you know, war doesn't change and the reasons that we fight don't change. And it's just the people, the times and the locations that do, but people are always out there trying to grab for more power, more money, more, you know, political and world influence. And so, you know, cyberpunk just ended up picking the right country and that's how it worked. (laughs) But yeah. So the outcome of all of this was that much of the Middle East had been completely reduced to that glass-like field. And I am really excited. I'm not excited to talk about the glass-like fields, but later on um, in the show, I'll talk about uh, how that actually correlates into the real world uh, because we do have radioactive glass. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. Um, but due to the use of the thermonuclear weapons, radioactive fallout from the war spread worldwide. And that sucks. Yeah, because let's imagine, because we don't, uh, like, we don't have, like, the super refined details. I mean, they don't have to go into, like, a ton of detail about, like, how specific, like, specifically uh, the these two nations like destroyed each other because it was like they they nuked each other and you know now it's like the whole area is like destroyed um but it's like you have to assume because then again like still in real life like the the only like use of those kinds of weapons were still like with the u.s back in world war ii um so like this would have been specifically like we don't know how many like nukes were used but you have to imagine if it's this much and how like uh depending on like i guess how bigger of an area of effect they would have but it's also they used it on the whole thing that a much like that much radiation to be like brought forth from it like how and who even knows with because specifically um i believe radioactive fallout can 
travel in water and like uh like Follow with like storm clouds and stuff um like they're all like a lot of these nations are right there on like the the edge of like you know the persian gulf um and then like there's like three major bodies of water right there it's like how much effect did it like did it you know taint the water and then spread to like other places and like poison the land or what like that's it's it's ridiculous well there's that and then radioactive water you know fish can't live there um you can't use that water to uh, you know sustain crops anymore uh yeah and obviously they used more than one nuke at a time you know that there's yeah. in order to completely destroy two countries that is a lot. Well, more than two countries. It was that basically the entire like Middle East, like is it a peninsula? Not really. A, I don't know. The entirety of the Middle East, like Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, Kuwait, Iran, Afghanistan. Like the only things that were what Egypt, uh, and like three things, three locations: Egypt, Syria, and Israel. Only locations that managed not to be destroyed and the entirety of that that area and egypt has a big body of water in between it and where the rest of these ones are so that makes a little that makes sense to me and egypt has the nile too that they really rely on to that fallout make it all the way there because like they sure they didn't get nuked but like they were already struggling um and like to have to deal with the aftermath so you know what to happen after that but yep yeah let's not start nuclear wars please no please no but what we can do is go to a mid-break yeah 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 okay <laughs> it's true <laughs> middle of the show where we talk about everything about the show and nothing about the lore uh did you see that we have two new patrons this week hey. uh i did now we do have two new patrons to shout out this week <laughs> seraphail and the ugly one we thank you for your support and the love tombs you're <laughs> awesome <laughs> such good names like we have like seraphiel which is i would like it sounds like like an angelic name that's exactly uh, what i was thinking and then the ugly one which is great it's a wonderful name which also in like actual christian angelic lore angels are not pretty Archangels are very scary looking. They have like a hundred eyes and are bestial in their in their natural form. So maybe the ugly one is also angelic. I mean, they're all angelic in our hearts, Jen, and that's what matters. Yeah. Yeah, I did that. I did that. She's seriously considering cutting that out of the episode, but she won't because that would just be rude. I killed her. <laughs> I actually killed her. 
I broke her. <laughs> You've broken me over a lot of things in this show, but I don't think I've ever had the audible eye roll. Like, normally it that's is. your job. It, yeah, it is. I was surprised. <laughs> it's because I was being nice. That's what, that's what really threw it off. Yep. So there you go. You patrons get a special nice toasty. Um, and that brings us up to a total of 15 patrons. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the show. But the answer to that is no, we don't have any of them. Uh, so you can go. Any of on. what, Jen? Any new reviews. There you go. You got it. Yay. Mm. <laughs> Uh, right now you can go to iTunes and leave us a review on there along with five stars and we will read it out in the middle of the show you can also drop a five star rating on Spotify or on a lot of different podcasting apps so if it's got a review system go ahead and give it to us you can also support the show by going to metallicdicegames.com and use the code CPLC cyber punk lore cast and get 10% off of your entire order. I don't know. Maybe I'll leave that part in for the patrons. If you want to know what part I left in or maybe took out, you can join us on our Patreon at patreon.com slash cyberpunk lore cast. All right. Now that I have broken toasty, let's get back into the show. Anyways, so doing, you know, the actual stuff we're supposed to do. Uh, uh, the legacy of the Middle East at this point. Uh, so the, by the 2020s, the impacted areas had become safe enough for scavengers, as well as other individuals willing to traverse them, to scavenge and collect hardware and valuables from the ruined fields. So by the 2020s, by the 2020s, this conflict ended in 97. So 23 plus years for it to become safe enough for people. Yeah, that makes sense. The, it took a long time for the areas of Nevada to be re- re-inhabited, and then uh, Hiroshima took a long time to reestablish itself. Mm-hmm. That's just like... It's just a long time to just like have this area, like, because it's not like those were cities. And granted, like the impact, they're still, you know, they're significant, like cities, but they were cities. This is like the, imagine like uh, an entire like, is it? It's not a continent, but like an entire like subcontinent of the world, mm-hmm. uninhabitable for twenty three years. And all the people displacement that that would take and, you know, like, that's actually really depressing because evacuating a city and how much pressure that puts on the surrounding areas, imagine evacuating an entire country and then you multiply that even further by it being multiple countries evacuating to multiple areas Mm. yeah Uh, so 
By 2045, with the influence of corporations being fractured and reduced by the legacy of the Fourth Corporate War, interested allies and blocs came together to take control of the regions destroyed in the meltdown, forcing many Middle Eastern nations to reform and attempt to resist the invading groups. By 2077, the fallout created by the Suicide War caused annual radioactive sandstorms in the ruins of Syria, Iraq, and Iran that dropped irradiated dust onto Turkey, the Mediterranean, and Europe. That is intense. Radioactive sandstorms? Like... Yeah, that's wild. That's terrifying. Okay, so I played Assassin's Creed Origins, and you have to, like, hide inside of a building any time that a sandstorm comes around or else you start taking damage. Um, okay. And then That's combine cool, that you? with, uh, I'm playing Fallout 4 right now, and so, like, any time that I get too close to anything radioactive, I start taking rad damage. And Or, you know, like, the storms and stuff. I mean, you eat the rad storms. Right. Um. <clears throat> But now I'm thinking of, like, how scary-looking the sandstorms are, or even the haboobs that we see in twenty seven in the 2077 game. Uh, mm-hmm. Combine that with radioactive bits in it? That's... That's scary. To haboobs. To haboobs. I had to. I was like, we have to do that reference. <laughs> But yeah, and of course, like as we see here, like it's it's spreading. I mean, the sandstorms, like those storms, have spread out to like far north, Turkey, Mediterranean, other parts of Europe. Like that's because yeah, I just I don't know how many I I don't know how that geography works, but you know, this significant distance like North that all these things have carried and like radiation and like the, the impact that it has on, on those places. Um, because it's annual, annual every year. Yeah. Essentially they get a radioactive sandstorm. So like the amount of like preparation that they have to have in order to be ready for those kinds of things, like, you know, like fallout shelters um, and uh, like having like all the supplies and stuff ready. And then like the after effect, because you don't know, you can't thwart the weather. Like even with this, like in the age of like technology and stuff that they're in, they still can't like thwart mother nature and what she's going to do. So like, you just have to like, hunker down and then find out what suffered whenever you came through because i also imagine like with with you know where that lands depending on on what it does but i also imagine like if it's radioactive sandstorms like the sand itself carries radiation so you have to imagine that they have to like hunker down until the sand is gone or like the corporations get like full like hazmat crews out to like i don't know sweep up the streets or something like who knows that that's okay it's all speculation but that sounds like so much work and effort from like 
a conflict that happened at this point in 2077? Uh, what, 80 years ago? Wow. It's still suffering the effects from 80 years on. So, and then I can correlate this a little bit to the real world in that not low levels of radiation are completely normal and acceptable. And so if these radioactive sandstorms are not highly radioactive, then they're just annoyances. Every time you get into a plane, your body is exposed to radiation. Every time that you get an x-ray taken, your body is exposed to MRA, uh, radiation. The only time that it becomes a real issue is one if it's ingested like actual radioactivity material is ingested or if you're continuously exposed to higher levels now back in the early i want to say it was the early 50s when the use of uranium was in everything that's when we saw this whole big, you know, like radio boost. Um, everything had a little bit of uh, uranium in it. There was an amazing book written called uh, The Radium Girls. And it was also a movie. And it told the story of during the war, these women were painting watch faces. So for... Uh, a watch that could glow in the dark so that way the soldiers would be able to read what time it is because then you could still see it in, at night. And so they had to hand paint using radium radiated paint in order to make things glow. So you would lick the tip of your brush to swirl it, bring it to a very, very fine point, dip it in the paint, then draw your tiny, tiny little number, and then, again, lip, dip, draw. That is what they did all day, every day, for like a solid year. And your face is going like, oh my god, what the fuck? And yeah, what do you think that would do to you? One, you're, eati you're eating paint. Um, two, it's radiated paint. And three, it, yeah. You fucking die horribly. That's what it sounds like. You do. Uh, these women started getting cancer. They started forming bone deformations. One woman, like, it it gets really, really sad and really, really horrible, but it, it actually started to bring um, some labor laws. Uh, got created out of this and uh, and ways for these women actually sued and won lawsuits against the company that was forcing them to do this because for the women that didn't want to lick the paintbrush they couldn't produce as much because they weren't as fast because doing it by hand um, trying to get the tip of the brush to get that way uh, wasn't as efficient their work wasn't as clean and they couldn't produce as much. And so um, a lot of labor safety laws came out of this. So it was very unfortunate what they had to go through in order to get there. But I highly suggest Radium Girls as a book or the movie. You can learn a lot more about it. Um, Please. 
But there are other ways, uh, especially during that time frame. Have you ever seen colored glassware? Like an old bowl that's maybe a little bit lime yellow, or it looks dark green or a purplish tint to it. Uh, I've seen those like Coca-Cola glasses. Oh, yeah. The the very old ones. That's <laughs> probably got a little bit of uranium in them. But it's okay because it's such low levels. They've actually done a lot of testing on a lot of the old glass. Um, sometimes they're called Vaseline glass. Uh, some It's based on the color that the uranium is, is what it's classified as. So there's like Vaseline and Jadeite and uh, radio glass. It's, it's actually a really cool subject and topic. Um, but it can range from 2% irradiation up to 20%. Ones that they find that are at like the 20%, they will keep in museums and like not for public consumption. But anything below that, you can actually have in your house and it's not going to do anything to you because you're not ingesting it. Now, if you were to sit there and break the glass apart and then eat the glass, you're going to have a lot of different problems going on, including. I, don't the think, I think most of the problems are not going to be radiation associated if you start eating glass. Just the hunch, but you yeah. know, you might have some like I don't know, bleeding stomach problems or like I don't know your entire digestive process. <laughs> It'll really D- turn don't, you a new one. don't eat glass. Oh, oh! That was good and bad. I, I hated that one. (laughs) It was good, but I didn't like it. Jeez. Okay. All right. So yeah. While I have said several times that I would love to go see the radiation glass that is in the Middle East of the world of cyberpunk, I kind of already know what it would look like. Uh, And so it would be cool and it would be interesting just because I have found the uranium glass to be a very interesting topic um, throughout the years, but... I don't need to go to an irradiated war zone in order to see something that I could actually go see right now in my real world. Fair enough. Although it wouldn't be on quite grand a scale. True. Sure, you can look at an old Coca-Cola glass, but you know, you wouldn't, you, you would only have that one. Well, actually we have no opportunity. Hopefully, um, hopefully nothing ever yeah, I don't want any of this to actually ever happen. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, but, like, that would be an entire, like I said, like, entire subcontinent of just, just, like, glass. And I wonder if it's, like, solid. Like, if it's, like, a solid landscape of just glass. See, you're making it sound pretty and enticing again. But I it probably know. would be really pretty and and cool looking. You'd die, but like it still sounds pretty cool. I wonder if it still looks like that, like post everything, because I know they're starting to like 
inhabit it again, but like, I mean, if it's the entire like location, I mean, they probably left some places, right? Some glass dunes. I would think so because we're talking about like the glass forms in the desert areas that those were not the inhabited portions of those were not the inhabited cities. So mm-hmm. no. I wonder if there's like small, like small locations and stuff that are just like, I wonder if they're like encased, like granted they would be still like jacked up because they would have had like probably the impact, but like just encased in, like glass. If you are an artist and can picture this in your mind and have a way to draw, paint, sketch, 3D blender art, I don't care what it irradiated city or not, not the city, but what this would look like. I would love to see it. Same. Do you have anything else that we want to talk about in the Middle East? Oh, my dad lives in Dubai, so I really don't want this to happen because my dad would be dead. Yeah, yeah, probably a good call. I just generally just don't want this to happen, like, I don't know, ever. I feel like it'd be bad. I feel like that means the state of our world is completely fucked at that point. And there's just no going back on it. Because, I mean, this is this is post-crash and mid-collapse. So, the state of the world was already, like, fucked. So, it was just it was just getting worse. But, like, for us, I don't think we're that bad yet. Hopefully. I don't think so. But I guess we'll see. All right. So let's wrap up the show for tonight. And even though it's been pretty short, uh, we have some other big, big countries to discuss coming up soon. And we wanted to definitely talk about this radiation glass uh, since we've teased it so for so many weeks now. Um, but before we sign off, I would like to remind you that you can follow us on Twitter at CyberpunkLore or visit us at Patreon.com slash CyberpunkLoreCast. And you can also find me on the Two Girls, One Ship podcast where we analyze, rate, and review all that the world of video game romances has to offer. You can also find me in the Robots Radio Discord, chatting it up, loving the conversations in there. Uh, we had an interesting conversation about, is that really Rage Bosch bot, Bart Moss in that fridge? That was interesting. Jay Gray throwing a wrench into everything. Right? What a guy. And it's like, you can't just, you can't just disregard what he says because he, he's got insider information. So he's just, he's just over here teasing shit and it's like, well, now I like, no, I don't even know. Right? I don't know. I don't know what to think. No. I trusted Johnny pretty much to be like, okay, yeah, that is who we think he is. Like, but apparently, apparently we were wrong to trust Johnny. Hmm. That seems very valid. Why well, I said it like that. <laughs> 
if the listeners love your voice, where else can they find you? Um, nowhere. I am an enigma that does not exist. I have been but also with a ghost, and I that makes a lot of sense. Also, okay. Yeah, they call me Ghosty. Oh man, really? <laughs> they call me Ghosty. All right, that statement. And if you, <laughs> and if you want to see more Ghosty, uh, Toasty the Ghosty, um, you can check out the Witcher Lorecast that I do with. Uh, Tom or Robots uh, if you're into The Witcher or since you know you probably like Cyberpunk um, I also do the uh, Cyberpunk uh, podcast the Cyberpunk Red uh, live play podcast with the Fumbling 4 and Almighty Crit Gang and that is Cyberpunk apostrophe D can't forget the D it'll help you search alright and while you're, uh, we would also like to thank Miracle of Sound. Uh, the Neon Red is just such a good song. We use it every week as our intro, mid-break, and outro. It's awesome. And while you're out there, always remember. Stay safe in Night City and the Middle East. <laughs> if you can. If you can. Have you ever wanted to deep dive into the lore and stories behind all your favorite Marvel movies? Then do we have the show for you. I'm Captain Shanko. And I'm Psych88. Join us as we dissect the media megalith that is the MCU. We'll talk about the origin stories, the fights, and everything in between. The MCU Lorecast releases on all major podcasting platforms on Mondays as part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club and can be found on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.